Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. I want to thank uh, In Your Home Furnishings for letting us use this. And I just want to put a plug in for them where they deliver on time, every time. So, Janie, you'll want to see Dylan after service today. He has a word for you. Don't get too excited. No. Yeah. <laughs> Janie has furniture ordered, and it's, it's coming. So, man, that, dude, give it up for our worship team. That was just amazing worship. God bless you guys. New wine and how he loves and just all those, man, it was just, everything was fantastic. And I want to give a couple shout outs. Janie mentioned one. Give a shout out to London this morning. They're watching live from London. God bless you. Destin, Florida. Give a shout out for Destin, Florida. Praise the Lord. Melvern, Iowa. Melvern, Iowa. Give a shout out to all of our online viewers. Church, come on, church. Give it up for Jesus right now. Come on, church. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Praise God. Well, what a good day. Uh, if you're in the middle of summer, enjoying your summer, uh, continue to do so. If you're on vacation watching online, thank you. If you're here, which you are. Um, if you have to check to see if you're here, then just go like this a little bit and slap yourself. Um, man, I like summer. Um, um, I like fall. Fall is my favorite time of the year. But uh, I really like summer. Uh, and I've learned over the last couple of years just to enjoy whatever season I'm in. Okay? And so I think spiritually the Lord was trying to teach me something. Sometimes we're so busy looking forward to the next season or the next thing. Or we have to enjoy where we're at. Just enjoy the journey, okay? So enjoy your season. And today we're going to talk about Humpty Dumpty. You saw the, the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. And so... Uh, Historians will tell us that uh, Humpty Dumpty was maybe written after King Alexander III, who was a very proud king, and yes, he did fall. Uh, he fell from grace. Uh, his armies were defeated, even though they were more powerful. The Bible says a proud and haughty spirit comes before a fall. But today we're going to talk about just kind of picking up pieces. So if you're in a place in life where maybe a little bit things are in disarray or a little bit of wreck, or maybe you just don't know what direction to go, I have just kind of a four-step plan for you. We're going to read some scripture and intermingle. I like going through the scripture verse by verse a lot of times. That's what we'll do today. And so we'll talk about some things, but I want to give you the translation and why I'm reading out of that translation today. It's out of the Message Bible. Uh, the Message Bible is written or translated by Eugene Peterson. Janie and I had some opportunity about six or seven, maybe eight years ago, to spend some time with Eugene Peterson in a monastery uh, in the beautiful Rocky Mountains of Colorado. And so uh, us and 20 other pastors and, and their spouses were able to gather together. And we, ju we just, 
he taught us every day. There was no cell phones, no televisions, no, no nothing. It was a monastery. We just kind of sat and learned. And we learned about some of his writings. But while he was writing, he said this. He wanted to translate the Message Bible into quite possibly how Jesus would have spoken it today or how the word would have came fresh today. And so it's really important to understand that because Jesus, you know, didn't speak in King James language. Uh, that came after the fact. And so I like King James. I like New King James. I like English Standard Version. I like the Holmans. We read out of Holmans every week. Uh, but and, and far as quoting goes, I like to quote the King James. It sounds more powerful. But today we'll read out of the Message Bible. We'll go back to Holmans probably next week. Because the Message Bible speaks exactly what we need to hear today. And so uh, just bow your heads. We're going to pray that the Lord will open our, our ears. We won't have you stand today. Father, thank you, Lord, for open ears and open hearts, open minds, open, Lord, just personalities today. Lord, to receive not what I have to say, Lord, but what, have, what you have to say through, through me. Lord, we, we believe there's people here that maybe just need this message even more so than they think. So I pray, Lord, that you open their hearts today to receive your word, oh God. Lord, that if their life is in pieces, like Humpty Dumpty, Lord, that you can help gather it back together again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love how the songs went along with uh, what I'm going to talk on today and speak on and, and how uh, we know a nursery rhyme. Has anybody here not ever heard Humpty Dumpty sound on the wall? Yeah, most everybody's like, that's it. That's a, like a giant in the nursery rhyme. Uh, Jenny used to always uh, teach or read nursery rhymes to our kids. I wasn't a big nursery rhymer. I don't, I don't know a lot of them, to be honest with you. But Humpty Dumpty is one that I, that I know. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. So we, we gravitate to it. The scripture I bring out will be in part with the Humpty Dumpty message so that we can learn that sometimes we feel like Humpty Dumpty. Sometimes we feel like we, we sat on a wall, we fell, we, everything's a shambles. How did I get myself in this mess? Or how did you get me in that mess? Or how did that happen? And, and Isaiah 58 says that if we stop putting away the pointing of the finger and we decide to raise our hands towards the Lord, He'll change things around. He turns things around for us. And so I want you to remember that. But our, we're going to come out of Jeremiah, 17th chapter. We're going to read the um, first part of 14 at this point in time. The Bible says, God, this is Jeremiah speaking, pick up the pieces, put me back together again. So how appropriate is that if you're doing a sermon series on Humpty Dumpty that Jeremiah would say, God, pick up the pieces, put me back together again. So I want to give you four things today that if you'll do these things, I promise you, I absolutely promise you, God will work it out in your life, okay? Are you with me? First one you need to do is call on God. It's paramount that you call on God when things are in trouble, or if you call on God when you have something you need. The fact is, it's paramount that you call on God every day. Whether you need something or don't need something, because we always need fellowship with the creator of the universe. And we have an opportunity in, in God to call upon his name through the name of Jesus Christ. So if you're calling on God, or we would say maybe praying to God, you would pray in such a way. And Jesus taught us, and Janie read it last week, our Father which art in heaven. So we're praying to the Father through the Son. And so in, in, in this realm... 
When Adam was created and Eve, and they sinned before God, and they were exposed, expelled from the garden, then there, there was a void. And that void was lack of fellowship because there was instant fellowship between God and Adam. So uh, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, had to come to this earth, had to die on the cross. And after he died on the cross, he rose from the grave. And the Bible said it was uh, the second Adam, the first of the resurrection of the dead. So there's a little doctrine there. The reason that we receive Christ as Lord and Savior is because he's the only risen Savior. He rose from the grave. And so he came as all God. He came as all man. And the problem with being all God and all man is God shelters us so in some cases, from things that might be happening because we can't consume that. We, we, with, our, with our mentality, we just can't even comprehend what may take place. Jesus, being all God, knew that he was going to die as all man and suffer therefore. So he knew both ends of it. So God shelters us. Now, when Jesus rose from the grave, he then sits at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us, okay? Hebrews 10 and 12 says that he sits at the right hand of the Father. Romans says that he makes intercession for us. Ephesians 2 and 6 says that we join him in heavenly places. And so that when we are received into the kingdom of God, then we have this opportunity to be seated around the table with the king. Now, it's just spiritually at this point in time. It will be physically at some point in time in our glorified bodies. Why does that make sense? And here's why you need to know it. When we call on God, we have the right and the authority too. Nobody can take that authority away unless we supplant Christ on the right hand of the Father with our issue, with our fear, with our anxiety, with our marriage problems, with our finance problems. When we make them bigger than God, we take Jesus off the throne. And that's why we can't make our problems bigger than God. And that's why Jeremiah here, and I like what Jeremiah is doing. Jeremiah is very specific. He says, God, pick up the pieces, put me back together again. Just like what we would maybe think Humpty Dumpty would say, you need to be specific with God. We sometimes learn how to put a mask on when we come to church. How's it going? It's good. Everything's great. You just got done fighting with your spouse on the way in the door. You're going to fight with your spouse on the way out the door. It's not great. You just wrote your last check and you don't have enough money in the account to cover it. It's not great. You don't know where supper's going to come from tomorrow. It's not great. Your kids are lost, hung out on drugs. It's not great. You need to be specific with God. You need to tell God. Now, you don't have to tell everybody in church your issues. You don't need to tell everybody in church your problems, but you need to be specific with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Our oldest daughter, Jill, is in sales, and so she has a, I want to say, her quota is like a million dollars a month that she has to do. It's, a, it's, a, it's an outstanding quota, and, and um, high rewards, or high pressure, high rewards, low pressure, low rewards, and so she called one day, and, and whenever she calls or texts, she always calls or texts both Janie and myself, and she's always very specific. Mama, Papa, I need X amount of dollars for, to hit my quota this month, right? And, and I'll tell you the brilliance behind that is then we know exactly what to pray for. We know, we know 
we can go before the Lord with her. Now, Jill doesn't say, okay, mom and papa's going to pray for it. I'm okay. I, they're pr she prays with us, so we agree together in prayer. And I, I'll tell you this, Jill tithes to this church. They live in Omaha. They watch online. She tithes to this church. There was one month I, I held up, because I held her, I hold her tithe up, hold up this morning. I pray for a double portion. And when uh, uh, different people who can't give in the offering, they give me their checks. I, I don't look at them. I pray double portion. Lord, just give double portion right now in the name of Jesus. Double portion. I pray double portion. One month, she had seven bank-issued checks come to Grace Church that I held up. And one, there was one week I held up three checks, and they're like, what in the world are they doing? Praise God, right? That's a... Listen, when you call on God, you know he knows everything anyways. He knows your weakness. He knows your flaws. He knows your failures. Why don't you just expose yourself to him and to him only and say, okay, God, I'm a weak vessel. I need help in this area. Jeremiah right here says, I need help with these broken pieces. Would you put me back together again? Father, my marriage is a wreck. My finances are a wreck. My life is a wreck. I'm addicted to this. I'm messed up. Would you put me back together again? And when you pray specifically to God about specific needs and issues, God is very specific. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. Ask, seek, and find. Ask, and you shall find. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be answered to you. If we, if we ask for specifics, and we talk to God in that manner, Jesus is on the power seat in heaven. He's got, he has the, the authority to answer those needs for you. And if we'll call on God so many times, church, and here's, a, here's, a, here's something I want to teach you. So many times we are telling everybody else our problems, our issues, our pains. And I'm not saying that's not a bad idea to tell one or two, but don't tell everybody, go straight to the throne of grace and tell God. If you will just call on God, it's a wonderful thing. Jeremiah teaches us this call on God. Let's go to the next verse then. He says, you are my praise. Ah, so point number two then, you need to praise God in all things. Praise God. Somebody say praise God. Say it again, praise God. One more time, praise God. One more time, praise God. Come on, church, praise God. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. He's alive and well. Like we, back in the old day, you know, back when I got, uh, gave my heart to the Lord, uh, December the 6th, 1979, that was a long time ago, and, and uh, the, the church would say, praise God, praise God, something happened, praise God, praise God. And it almost, in some ways, became a substitute for swearing, you know, like you hit your hand, oh, praise God, <laughs> right? And people would like, instead of swearing or cussing out down south, they just go ahead and cuss, but <laughs> not all of you, but some of you, come on, <laughs> some of those words, I, just because they're in the Bible don't mean you can use them freely. That's why we don't read King James anymore. <laughs> I'd hit my finger Praise God. I'd go to work. Praise God. People thought I was weird. Praise God. But I got in this habit. It was a good habit of just praising God. Just, and I'd find myself, praise God. And Janie and I, uh, Janie obviously was saved way before me. She led me to the Lord. But we raised our kids praising God. We grew our marriage praising God. And by the way, just a shout out, 38 years this Thursday I've been married to this woman right here. So that's a long time. Thank you for sticking with me, honey. 38 fast years. 
very quick years. We praise God. And I want to tell you that when you get to the point where you can praise God, praise opens the door to faith. When you, when you don't even have any faith, if you can just start praising God. God, I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to praise you in the sanctuary. I'm going to praise you in, outside. We were, last night, uh, Jane and I took a, a ride on our Harley, and uh, we, went, we went down towards South Mountain and looped around to Morganton and had a, had... is that all right? What are you laughing at? Oh, <laughs> that's true. Well, okay, so... I got a hole-in-one at a golf course uh, back in May, May 14th. You don't have to clap. You all, you all clap. Some of you don't know that. And so I go, I, the golf course had, my, had a uh, glass for me. And they called and said, hey, are your glasses? They did a, a gla etched glass, marked off, and it's hole-in-one club. It was really cool. So I pick it up, and it's a beer mug. <laughs> I think that's what Jenny's might be laughing at. Well, we had to go pick it up, so we took the bike out and picked it up, and then we had to go eat tacos at the place in Morganton that's really good. And so we, but coming home, I thought, man, how beautiful it is. We're, we're on the bike. The weather was absolutely perfect. The sun was to our backs. It was cool outside, and it was, it, I was just praising God. And so let me tell you, you don't have to wait till things get bad before you praise God. If you get in the habit of praising God all the time, okay? If you wake up praising God, if you go to bed praising God, if during the day you praise God, and some people say, man, that's kind of that's crazy. That's a little scary. I don't, I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't want to praise God all the time. Go to Zephaniah, the, thir the third chapter at some point in time. Write that down, Zephaniah 3, verses 13 through 19. Zephaniah 3 says this, if you'll sing, if you'll rejoice, and if you'll shout to the Lord. So it's progressive there. Sometimes all we can do is just muster a little song, just sing a little bit. It's like God doesn't want you just to jump out of bed every morning and just start praising God if you don't know how to or if you're not able to because you're dealing with an illness, you're dealing with a sickness, you're dealing with a, a major deal in your life. I can tell you this, when Janie was in the hospital four years ago, Marcus took over the chapel and he was praising God, okay? He was shouting at the rooftops. Now, some, some people would say, well, that's not my DNA. Well, it probably isn't your DNA and that's okay. But if you could muster up a singing, if you could muster up rejoicing, if you could muster up shouting to the Lord. Verse 19 says, and God says, he'll undo or repair all those broken pieces. He'll undo everything that the enemy has ever done to you. He will restore those things. So then what we're doing is we're praising God before the situation, not after the situation. Everybody can praise or be thankful after something happens. It takes a true warrior to praise God before something happens. When you can praise God before something happens or while you're in the middle of something, your business is going bad, your health is going bad, your finances are going bad, your marriage is going bad, and you, and you say, I'm just not going to take it any longer. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to throw my hands up and I'm going to give a shout of victory to the Lord. God, you have God's attention in heaven. Church, it, it's, it, it astounds me at the number of people who would rather just be miserable their whole life who just go through the motions and go through the actions. Like, and then you, say, you may say, hey, pastor, I've tried praising God. I mean, I've, I've, I've done everything I can. I would say continue to praise God. I would say just do it one more time. Just do it one more day. You never know when that breakthrough is going to happen. 
And someone else would say, well, Pastor, I, you know, everything's good in my life. Man, I, I'm thankful. I, I love God. Then you praise God and somebody else's breakthrough will take place because you're praising God. When you praise God, the heavens open. Revelation 4 says that when we worship and praise God, the, the, all the angels, the seraphims and the cherubims, they float around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of God. And the 20 and 4 elders get off their thrones. They get on their knees before God and they start to cry, holy, holy, holy. They can't get up if you start to praise God. When you praise God, you get heaven's attention. Now think about that, church. Take 20 cents and seconds and praise God. Take, I dare you to give God some crazy praise in this place. Why? Look at church, if we are alive in him, if we're alive in him. But pastor, I'm just not a radical. I was born and raised in this religion or I don't know God. And listen, baseball player hits a home run, signs by a pro team. And I wonder if they're going to call mama. Or they're going to wait till they make it to the majors. Have you seen Junior for the last four years? Oh, I don't know where he's at. No, they're going to call Mama. They're going to let Mama know, hey, I got signed by the Royals or the Cubs or the Mets or the Dodgers or maybe even the Yankees. We're going to, we shout things that we're excited about. And if we're excited about God, but the, the fact of the matter here, when we praise, and, and Zephaniah again tells us, if you'll sing, if you'll rejoice, if you'll shout. Behavior scientists tell us this, and I'm, I, I say they say it because I'm not a behavior scientist, that when you sing, it's the only time the left side and the right side of your brain work together. It's the only, side, it's the only time possible. That's why people who sometimes stutter can sing because it actually works together, okay? And so this is your logic and your emotion working together. So you say, my logic side says, man, I shouldn't be happy. I shouldn't be praising God. And my emotion side says, man, I don't have anything else. I got to do it. So if I start to say, if I start to reason, say, man, I, I'm not going to do it. I hate that guy. I can't live with him. He's a dirty, rotten scoundrel. The emotion side says, yeah, but I love him. I, I married him. And this side, and all of a sudden you just start to sing. They come together and God opens the heavens. Like, I don't know where rent's going to come from. It doesn't make sense, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church and praise God. And then people will say, man, that, that sister got a little wild today. Well, you don't know her story. You don't know that maybe she lost her husband. You don't know that maybe she lost her marriage. You don't know that maybe she lost a child. You don't know that maybe, but God knows. And he thought, I'm just going to drop a little bit in her spirit or his spirit today. I'm going to let things open. Whenever I've needed anything major in my life, I got my praise on. I just, can't, I, I just went before God and said, okay, God, I'm going to start praising you. I don't, know how to, I don't know what else to do. I'm at a loss right now. God, I'm just going to praise you. If you'll start to praise God, let's go on to read the, the next verse then. So listen to how they talk about me. So where's this word of God? Jeremiah is actually debating God at this point in time. It's not good to debate God. Remember, Job debated God. In the 37th chapter, Joe, uh, God tells Job, Was it, is it you that holds the hail? Is it who, you that holds the lightning? Is it you that holds the snow? Is it you that tells the waves of the water when to stop? No, it's not you at all. It's, it's me being God. And, and Jeremiah says, where is this word of God? I want to tell you point number three. You need to know the word of God. What does the word of God say? We, were, we grew up spiritually in our home figuring out what the Word of God said. Our pastor told us all the time, know what the Bible says. If, you, if someone gets up there and preaches, you need to know if it's accurate or not. 
You, you need to know what the truth is. And this is truth right here. This is not a story. This is not a fable. This is not something that, well, it sounds really good. The written, undeniable, indescribable, unfallible, indestructible, written, living word of God. It's alive and well. Jesus Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the word. It will never leave us nor forsake us. And then we know that even if heaven and earth pass away, God's word never will. Isaiah 55, 11 says that God's word will not, cannot return void. Once it is spoken, it is, is going to happen. And it's just a matter if it happens through us or not. So Jeremiah is toying with God, so to speak. He's, 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 he's got issues. He's having problems. And maybe you've been in this place. What does the, what does the Bible say? I'm tired of hearing about it. Things will work out if I do this. Things will work out if I do that. Then stop hearing and start reading. Start doing. Start acting upon it. Start acting like your life depends upon it. Stop hiding your flaws and start addressing them to the Lord. Stop acting like everything's all right and get on your knees before God and say, okay, God, it's me and you. That's just what Jeremiah says. The weeping prophet, really not a success story at all. Didn't see one salvation. What does your word say? But he planted seed for every other generation. See, so what does your word say? Paul said in Galatians, the fourth chapter and the 30th verse, nevertheless, what does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? Young people, what does the word of God say? Should we have this lifestyle? Should we do this when nobody's looking around? What does the word of God say? People, what does the word of God say? Know the word, keep it in your heart. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You can take it to the bank. We did an outreach years ago. Uh, Janie's father, uh, unity in the community, turned the city upside down for Jesus. He brought in all these name speakers. They were all, all on TVN at the time. That was the thing to do. And don't judge him. And so uh, he brought him in. He rented a music hall downtown. Janie and the worship team sang. And these guys would get up, Rosie Greer and... Uh, the guy from Sanford and Son and all those guys. Dear Lord, for, forgive us. No, but no. Um, and so I was one of the ushers and I was counting the money in the back and they had to raise a, a large amount of money and, and one of the, the people were writing checks and one guy, different churches were, were part of it. One guy looked over at me kind of like this. There was an IOU for $1,000 on it. Now that's, that's 30, 35 years ago. It was a long time. And there was an IOU for, uh, for $1,000. He said, look at this. That ain't worth the paper it's written on. And I grabbed it and I said, you're right. It's not. It's worth, better. it's worth more than any check in here. It was from Janie's grandfather. And I knew that thing was as good as gold. Because his word was as good as gold. Now, if his word was as good as gold, how good do you think God's word is? Every promise written in the book is yours. Every single promise Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things who strengthens you, who, by God who strengthens you. All these things that we learn through Christ, all these things that we learn are, should not just be cliches. If you have to quote them every single day of your life, Marcus was in diapers when the Lord told me, you start quoting Malachi 3.10 every time you put your tithe in. I'd always been a tither since uh, I got saved. I'd tithe on every penny, every dime I made. We had two kids. We were struggling. Marcus was born, and, and Marcus, Marcus wasn't planned. 
I'm just saying. Neither were Jill and Jessica. Our first three were not planned. Uh, Yo, birth control doesn't always work. But we found out the problem, and then, never mind. (laughs) Some of you will get home and say, oh, so Marcus was in diapers. I didn't have a job. We had three kids, three, one and a half, and zero. And I was whining before the Lord. And uh, the Lord said, I need you to quote Malachi 3.10 every time you throw your, you throw your tithe in. I've talked about this before, and I will continue to talk about this because this is amazing. And I said, God, I, I give my tithe. I, I, I bring my tithe to the storehouse. I don't know why I need to quote the scripture. And he says, you need to remind me of my word. So every Sunday, I, here, every Sunday, every Sunday, in my heart, I quote Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove we now hear what says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven that pour, pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room to receive it. Why is that important? Because God wants reminded what he said. God, God wants reminded what he, what he wants to do in your life. Marcus and Andrew are seven years apart or so, and Marcus used to pick on Drew a little bit, and I'm not going to lie. He was, he was honored as can be. Marcus was the youngest for seven years. And when you, you're the youngest for a long time, and you've got to give up that being youngest, man, thing is getting in the way twice. Sorry, guys. I'll put the leg back on. Don't tell anybody. And Andrew would come and say, Papa, Marcus is picking on me. And tell him to stop. So one day I got really frustrated. Just tell him to stop, Drew. You can handle him. And when Drew was like five years old, <laughs> said, you can handle him. Just tell him to stop. And so he running down the hallway and he turned around and, Papa, yeah, buddy, can I say Papa said? I said, you can say Papa said. He yelled. He yelled it through the house. Neighbors could hear it. Marcus, Papa said, stop picking on me. It, it was a... Church, it was a great story. It was really great to live it out and see it. Sometimes you need to tell the devil, Papa said, stop picking on me, devil. You stop picking on me, devil. Papa said, I'm picking up these pieces right now. Papa said, Abba, Father, Daddy said. Let's read on and we'll close. We'd like to see something happen. But it wasn't my idea for you to call doomsday. I never wanted trouble. You said what I've said. You've heard, you know what I've said. It's all out in the open before you. Don't add to my troubles. Give me some relief. Let those who harass me be harassed, not me. Let them be disgraced, not me. Bring down upon them the day of doom. Lower the boom. Boom. And that's point number four. You got to lower the boom sometimes, church. Listen to me. It's kind of a teachy message. I wish it was a real preachy. I wish I was T.D. Jakes preaching this message to you. You'd all be up waving hankies and, and freaking out, praising. And I'd say, give me 30 seconds of crazy praise. And you'd go for three, four minutes. The band would be up here playing. We'd have the organist go, <laughs> Janie would be jumping around the platform. But the fact is, maybe we're not that type of church, but you need to get this in your spirit and become that type of person. If you're not that type of church, you become that type of person. You do not have to take anything the devil dishes out ever again. He is under your feet by way of Jesus Christ. He is under the feet of the master. He is the creator. And so therefore, he is under your feet. 
So if it's any, situ- any situation in your life, and listen, if you have a, if there's an unwilling entity over here and you're this person, then you pray for a soft heart, you pray for peace of mind, you pray for joy of the Lord, you pray for coming to know Jesus Christ, you pray for salvation, you pray for healing. And if it's in your case, you say, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm going to continue to do my part. This is not going to stop me. Lower the boom. You're not lowering the boom on that person. You're lowering the boom on that spirit that may be trying to infiltrate your, your marriage, your relationship, your finances, your children, your, your home, your business, your job. You lower the boom and you ask the Lord, okay, Father, I know your word. I know you're a good God. I'm calling upon your name. I'm, go- I'm offering up some kind of praise, whether it's crazy praise or not. I'm going to come before you. I know what the word says because I'm in it every day. I'm reading it every day. And now, Father, I'm asking you to lower the boom. If you'll lower the boom, Father, and change this person. But before you change that person, would you change me first? Because I know if you change me, then that person's going to change because it changed me. Oftentimes, changes the other person. When we recognize church within our spirit all the authority that we've been given by the word of God by the power of God when we recognize this is what I can do this is who I am in Christ Jesus then Romans 8 38 and 39 take place I think we have that up there as well none of this phases us because Jesus loves us I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing, living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. We sang it earlier, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Except if we choose to walk away, saying it's not going to work out, it's not worth it. No, that's, that's too much for me. That's too deep. That's too heavy. Basically, what we're saying is, hey, I'm too selfish to allow God to work through me and in me and because of me and spite of me. Bow your heads. Close your eyes just for a moment. If you're here today, and I just want you to be honest with yourself first. If you're, if you're here today and say, yeah, I got some broken pieces that I don't even know what to do with but I'm going I'm to ask the Lord. I'm going to call on the Lord. I'm going to call on God and ask Him to bring them together. If you're here today and you got broken pieces in your life, something's a wreck, and you don't want it to be anymore, just raise your hand right up, right back down, right up, right back down. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. And I'm asking every person here to stand. Whether you raise your hand or not, if you would just please stand. If you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands up towards heaven because we're going to do the one thing going to call on God, but we're going to just, I'm just going to ask you just to offer, during this next song, just to offer up some praise. That's all we want. Just, if you'll just ask the Lord, just, just praise him through that situation. Praise him through that, that misery. Praise him through that, that heartache. Praise him through that, that illness. Praise him through those things. If you'll, you'll, you'll praise God. When, when my wife was in the hospital, we had worship music going. When my sister Peggy was on life support, we had music going. When, we, when people that I know and, and love uh, have been in the hospital, they've had worship music going. All of a sudden, there's something about that atmosphere of praise. There's something about a, a, a healing place that takes place. There's something about that, that, that left and right brain working together. So if you'll raise your hands up and just start to audibly start praising God. And we just ask, Father, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that your perfect way and will would be performed, Lord, in each of our lives. God, we pray and speak 
right now to those who raise their hands, Lord, that have some broken pieces. God, would you usher in your kindness, usher in your healing, usher in your miracle, usher in your way. Father, as they call on you, as they praise you, as they get into their word, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would lower, Father, Lord, lower the boom on their situation, lower the boom on their problem. What as we offer praise to you, Jesus. Need more inspiration in your life? You don't have to say goodbye anymore. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even our websites by using the links below. Receive live streaming notifications, receive daily encouragement, and stay up to date on the latest information. Follow, like, and subscribe today.